Yeah. And do the Milwaukee game wrap up? Uh, no, there's like two minutes left. The last I saw, um, Dallas was up like 111-103 with three and change to go. They have 112-103 with a minute left. So that would give us, I believe, put us in second place. Um, so I was watching that game closely. We obviously have the Heat game tonight, which is um, Heat Raptors, which is going to probably determine a lot because if they win, if they win <clears throat> we're still a game and a half back of them Yeah, with only – three games left to play. So that'd be kind of tough to get in first, but um, we were, we were kind of nervous about that first seed just because of Brooklyn. But now, uh, now that Brooklyn is the 10 seed, I don't think they can even compete for the eight seed. I think that, I mean the seven seed, I think they can only compete for the eight seed. I think you're correct. Um, let me, let me just do a, do a quick uh, little conference check down right here. So I would really love if, uh, yeah, because the winner of nine ten <clears throat> plays the loser of seven eight. Yeah, and then that becomes the eight seed. Yeah. So we need Atlanta to win tonight, or win yeah. their next. Are they playing tonight, Atlanta? Because um, I know they played last night too. Doesn't look like they're playing tonight. Okay, but um, that's huge. <clears throat> I wouldn't mind getting the two seed. I believe that would make us line up with either. That means we'd either play Atlanta or Cleveland, which I'm fine with playing either based on the way they've played this year. Absolutely. Brooklyn's obviously scary, even though they haven't played well. Like they just, they have Kevin Durant. Like that's the only reason why it's like LeBron yeah. games. Like, I mean, KD put, put up 55 trying to win this game, trying to keep them out of that 10 seed, you know? Yeah. He's one that he can, he can do that on any given night. So it's just scary, especially in like a series, like him and Kyrie can just get hot and they're really hard. They're going to be hard. They're hard to defend. They're, they're 100%. Especially KD is like he's a matchup nightmare. There's really no one in the league that can really defend him at a, at a super high level. No one can really contain him, except um, for our defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. Right? Uh, yeah, the six-three point guard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but obviously we have we have a good amount of bodies we can throw at him. Al's obviously uh, can do an okay job with him. Yeah. Um, Tatum's obviously matches up pretty well body wise. They're like similar heights. Katie's obviously a little bit taller, but a little taller, a little quicker. But we got some bodies though for him for sure. Yeah, uh, but I'm not. I'm not looking too far ahead into that. I I figure anywhere one, uh, two, three, four. The Celtics, and if they if they end up in that two, three, four spot, they've got a really decent matchup. Um, and it's yeah. looking like they won't see Philly in the first round. Because Philly's got a two-game lead on Toronto right now. Um, yeah, it's looking like five, five, six looks. I mean, obviously, um, I think Toronto plays tonight too. I think that's who plays Miami. Oh but yeah, Toronto, yeah. Toronto probably could possibly slide down to the seventh seed. But really, it's looking like seven, eight, seven, five, six, seven, or maybe some combination of Toronto, Chicago, Cleveland. Yeah. Looks like, uh, Two, three, four is going to be some combination of Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly. Obviously, we don't. I mean, we could catch Miami. That seems kind of. I mean, they're up with a two game lead on us right now, and they they play. No, well, with the win right now, it's one and a half. And if they and if Miami, I, lose. I think it was two and a half. Oh no, just kidding. It hasn't updated. You're right. So it's one and a half. If Miami loses, it'd be a game. It, it would be a game. Yeah. But um, I mean, that's certainly something we could. Uh, but once again, I'm, I don't really care about. I wouldn't really care about the one seed that much. No. Rather. But they also, I don't know. I might rather even have four just for the fact that if Miami does win, I'd rather probably play a team like Miami than 
Oh, and I feel pretty confident with Philly, honestly. I, I just wouldn't like to face Milwaukee first round because I think Milwaukee's really kind of coasted this whole regular season. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. I, no, I hear you. Yeah, they definitely have. I would like to I would like to play uh Chicago round one, Philly round two. And then and then duke it out with Miami or Milwaukee in the conference finals. Yeah. That'd probably be um, ideal. Yeah, that well, that was a hell of a cold open, Maddie. That was good stuff. Um, I didn't catch all of it, but we got most of it. Yeah, no, we we got it. We got a good deal of that. Um, but uh, decent week out of the fellas tonight. Uh, this week, I mean, uh, massive fun win tonight against the uh, against the uh, the Wizards. Um, what was it? A forty-one point win because they won. We won against from Sunday to this Sunday. Cause we were, cause we also had the, we had the Indiana game. They won. Yeah, they won Sunday against uh, the Wolves, and then they lost lost to Miami. So three and one on the week. I swear they played another game, didn't they? Yeah, they played. They played Toronto. That was the game that no one showed up for. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, That's and lost. Yeah. Smart takeover game. Yeah, which was a tough loss, but also I think we had five because I remember we, I think we had three and two on the week, which still isn't bad, especially considering one of the games we literally had four of our five starters out. And we still took a playoff team to overtime, which is yeah. something we, I wouldn't have expected earlier on this year. But not in the slightest. I'd also like to just point out the fact that Toronto, the Raptors Twitter was ablaze with the fact that Siakam scored 40 points on them on the Red Claws uh, and was just so happy that their that their only little shining light in their beacon of shit that they have uh they they were so excited that they beat the Celtics by three in overtime down four starters. I just thought that was pretty miserable. Yeah, I mean, typically I'm I'm not sure if it's just from that the bubble the bubble series, but it seems like for the most time he really doesn't do anything against us. No, Siakam's not a good. Like, I I I am so anti Pascal Siakam. My internet's so bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not a big fan of Pascal. I think he's like, I think he's done well this year. I didn't, I guess I didn't realize how well he has been doing for them. They've played him at center, which has kind of like helped him a lot offensively. He's able to create some mismatches and they're just so long everywhere else defensively. It really doesn't matter that he's not a good, like a great defensive center. Right. Um, so they, they've been able to make it work. What else do we have? Obviously, the Rob injuries really sucks. I'm glad we now get Tice to the deadline. That was a move I kind of like. Was like, okay, it's cool. It's Tice. I like Tice. I didn't like Dennis Schroeder. I'd, I'm glad that Ennis Cantor never has to play another minute, or, or Ennis Freedom has to never play another minute for the Celtics again. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really think it was gonna have a huge impact. Obviously, now with with Rob being out and Tice has been starting the last two games alongside Al. Yeah. Um, he's playing a huge role for us. And he's played well. He obviously isn't Absolutely. Robert Williams. He isn't playing to that like defensive player of the year caliber. Right. Um, and offensively, he you you lose a lot. You lose some of the passing ability. You lose that vertical spacing. But he's still a quality player. He's a smart player. And the Celtics really, I feel like, aren't going to miss. I mean, they're going to miss Rob. But I feel like it's not going to be a, a huge drop off like it would be if we say had to play. Um, and as Kaner some minutes, if we were just if we were out centers, if we didn't, if we we're in the same situation where earlier in the year with just Al as a set with like Alan Grant having to make up all those center minutes. Right. I, I hear you. And I, I was I was so happy to get Tice back at the deadline. Um 
I've all, I've always been a Tice guy. You know, we were really sad when we, he got moved at the at the deadline last year. Um, but exact, you're you're exactly right. The uh, the that deadline acquisition is just making more and more sense now. Uh, GM Brad should be getting a look for exec of the year. Ime Udoka should be front front runner for uh, for coach of the year. Um, who's the head coach in? In Cleveland, is it a JB Bickerstaff? JB, that's right. Okay, um, I think those two guys should be the uh, the front runner for Coach of the Year, along with Monty Williams in, in Phoenix. I mean, they're having an incredible season. They've got sixty two wins so far. Yeah, like, I know. they've been the the clearing away favorite, and like Devin Booker missed significant time. Chris Paul's missed significant time. Yeah, I think DeAndre Ayton was out for a little while. Like they've uh, pretty much every one of their key players, except for I think Mikel Bridges, has been out for a significant amount of time. Yeah. And they've still just been easily the best team in the NBA. Absolutely, and uh, I th- I think uh, moving forward, I think Celtics Suns would be the most fun uh, finals matchup that we've seen in a long time. I know we uh, last year was was an interesting matchup because it was Giannis's first uh, finals appearance, um, and they got a. Giannis got his ring. Uh, last year was a lot of fun to watch. That Suns team was so much fun. Just like, uh, you know, the like their their whole run they went on through the Western Conference playoffs. That uh, the last minute lob from Jay Crowder to DeAndre Ayton uh, at the basket that was fun. I just think uh, not not even storyline wise. I think the best basketball that we could watch in the finals would be Celtic Suns. So that's my that that would be my prediction at the moment It'll be an absolute rock fight it's gonna be similar to like what we're gonna see out of uh of like the celtics lineup with miami and so they, i think the, yeah. right now as it stands number one and number two in defensive rating are the celtics and the suns yeah so it'll be it'll be a gritty a gritty battle you know a lot of really good defenders both teams like don't really have a a weak point defensively like i guess the easiest guy you can attack on either side is probably devin booker and devin booker's turned himself into a very at least like average defender absolutely yeah i was uh when we when i was doing my research for uh dp uh our or, uh defensive teams which we'll get to in a in a little bit um devin booker made his way up on both uh defensive rating net rating and win shares like his uh the the just like the the advanced stats on Devin Booker's defense have made an massive jump and i can see why um phoenix and all of his and all of the the followers of the suns are really making a push for him to be the mvp this season uh especially like you said you highlighted the all the um all the all the injuries that phoenix has had all the the lineup differences, Devin Booker still coming out, giving you 26 points, what, four, five, six assists, four, five, six rebounds, uh, playing incredible basketball, always been a lights out shooter. Uh, and there's, there's been a national sort of, uh, resurgence of in or not resurgence, but a national sort of, uh, outlining of his case for MVP being the best player, the best scorer on the best team in the NBA. Like you said, far and away the best team in the NBA. Um, so I can I that there's merit in in that at least, you know, like I'm sure we have we have biases and the NBA has biases and media has biases, but Devin Booker has a legitimate case. Yeah, I mean the thing with them is like what's tough and same thing we could say with Rob and uh Smart is like it seems kind of crazy that like 
like in our case, the best defensive team. Um, for a while, Smart and Rob weren't really getting a lot of respect for Depoy when you had the best defensive team yeah. and the two best defensive players on it. Where you see the Suns, there are a lot of the same, like a lot of people say the same thing. It's like, okay, who's the best player on the team? Is it Chris Paul or is it Devin Booker? Yeah. Um, I think Devin Booker is probably a little bit better in my book. I think it's very close, though, based mm-hmm. on the impact they have on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, but it seems kind of crazy that there hasn't been a discussion that either one of these guys, um, as re- I really haven't heard any talk about either one of these guys being the MVP discussion, despite um, them being the number one team and, the, and them being the best team for pretty much the entire season. They've been like far and away the best team. I really haven't heard much talk about either one of them right. uh, getting an MVP, which is kind of crazy. But do you have any other um, takes from around the NBA? We kind of see the, the Western Conference starting to really separate. It is, yeah. Those are fighting for that last spot in the West. Um, the East is still just like we talked about earlier. It's like kind of jam packed in a couple different sections of teams. Right. They're they're like they're in the East. At least there are two clear cut like sections. There are the top four, and then there's Brooklyn, uh, Charlotte, Toronto, and Cleveland. Chicago too. Chicago. Too. Um, we could get into the all defensive teams now. We're about twenty minutes in. Yeah. Um, I sent you my list because I, uh, so you've seen mine already. I know. Uh, how, how does it, how does it stack up against yours? We have a lot of the same names and a lot of the names I were, was really thinking about, like I had basically as an honorable mention you, you had and didn't left off. We, we've kind of flip flopped some of the first and second teams, So we should have a little bit of a debate here. Okay. Um, let's start. Let's start, at, let's start the second team. Yeah. I tried to find as many, uh, stats to back up my case as possible, especially with the Western conference guys. Yeah. Whereas, like, I mean, being honest, I think both of us, like, we don't watch very much, much Western Conference basketball just because it's – I mean, you might because you stay up later, but, I mean, I would go to bed usually at 10 o'clock when those games are tipping off. Yeah. So. Plus, I'm all – in the in the central time zone, I get, like, that extra hour. So, if I am, if I am up at yeah. a later time, I can get, like – I can catch the back end of some Western Conference games. Yeah. And, you know me, just a little sports junkie, so yeah. – so I tried to I tried to look at a couple things. I tried to obviously I took in like word of mouth from um just other NBA experts I've kind of been talking like not talking to, just listening to. Yeah. Um what I've seen, some of the numbers that back it up. And so it made it tough. Looking, I think a big part of it, I know in the past has been like team defense matters a lot too. Like obviously we see guys like great individual players, but it's kind of hard to vote them to an all defensive team if um they're either missing they're missing a bunch of games or their team defense isn't too good. That's the one thing that really hurt a couple guys that I think you had on your list that I kind of looked at them and they had quite a few games missing. Yeah, game that 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 was my this my second team was really hard hard for me to figure out just because um I told you last week I wasn't gonna put Rudy Gobert on this list. Yeah. And I also it was very hard to find a, the the fourth uh like the second team guard. Like yeah, the guard play is just so hard. Like, so that was that spot. Was that the spot you you put Drew Holiday in? I put Drew Holiday and Chris Paul as my second team. Yeah. Uh, I, I had Chris team. Paul and Matisse Tybel. Okay, yeah, I think I, I that that's that's a decent comp too because I could I could have gone that way. Um, I just think uh, so. Let's get into it. Um, I just think that uh, Chris, albeit you said you brought up the fact that uh. A lot of these guys had missed a lot of time. I mean, Chris Paul has Chris Paul missed what like three weeks with that a finger issue. 
Yeah, I think um, he still played like he still played like upwards of like close. To, I think he's about sixty games right now. Yeah, I was I was exactly. So I like and plus being one of the top two defenses in the league and a, a veteran guy, I think the NBA would lean towards. Uh, and he's made a ton already. Like I mean, he has the reputation. Like reputation does matter in these. That's things. what I'm saying. Yeah. So like I think the NBA would award Chris Paul a second team All Defensive yeah. Team for being on the best one of the top two defensive teams in the country. I mean, in the in the league. And uh, I have some other nerd numbers I could pull out real quick too. Um, I got to go preheat the oven. Okay. Um, so talking in Chris Paul, he was third, 13th in defensive win shares. He was fourth in steal percentage and fourth in steals per game, as well as being fifth in defensive box plus minus. And just a reminder of defensive box plus minus, it's how much better your team is at defense when you're on the court, as opposed to when you're off the court. So he ranked uh, fifth among fifth in that. Um, and once again, we said Suns had the second best defense. My argument for Tybal, it was really against Drew Holiday and DeJounte Murray. We were the two guys I was kind of arguing against. I think yes, I probably would have leaned Drew. But I think yeah, DeJounte, DeJounte Murray was the guy that I uh, was flip-flopping between Chris Paul and him. I think just – I then I, it came down to defensive rating and team success in that matter. Yeah. And that's why when Tybal, like Tybal's had some pretty terrible guards beside of him for most this year. Um, or some of his crazy numbers, third, third in the league in defensive box plus minus. So he makes such a huge difference defensively when he's on the court, um, which obviously ranks first amongst guards. He led the league in steal percentage and steals per game. Um, yeah, so those are my guard picks. Like I said, Drew passed the eye test, but just looking at the stats, he didn't really rank very high in any of the – um, either advanced or really some a lot of the standard defensive ana- uh, analytics. Um, and, and he missed he missed quite a few games too. The Milwaukee Bucks they're already they're gonna have another guy on here, which I'm sure you can expect. Mm-hmm. But they just it seemed like they weren't a very good defensive team. I understand Drew's obviously an incredible defender. If I was to pick a guy to lock up any any guard in the league, I'd probably choose Drew Holiday. But they I just feel like he hadn't warranted enough. And I, I feel like they've been kind of coasting this year. So it seemed kind of hard to put two bucks on the all defensive team when they were like a, I think they were literally like 15th or 16th in, in, in defense. So they're like a very average defensive team. I really couldn't warrant having two guys from that team. Um, I, 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 I hear that. I, that's very sound logic. Um, my, my counter to that. And the reason why I have them on there is the same reason Chris Paul's on mine, just for longevity in the league, the notoriety of being a, a lockdown defensive guard and also the what i said before i mean the the guard selection for defensive team is very slim like it's hard to pick out like the four best defensive guards it just seems like uh team defense has been a been a, been a bigger um been a bigger sort of idea for the re- this whole season like the uh we've definitely seen it with the celtics and i mean like Throughout the league, there's been a, a movement towards a team defense approach, switchable switchability, uh, defensive versatility, things like that. So it was it was tough for me to find those guards, and I ended up leaning back, like falling back on the just the NBA being sort of rigged, sort of not rigged, but like in well, the like they, they would rather. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like all star games. It's like if they're choosing between, if it's really tight. Most times the coaches are choosing between um, a guy that's made it a few times and a guy that hasn't. They'll choose that because that way you don't wind up with Kyle Corvers or Jeff Teague's making all-star games because mm-hmm. you have like you have at least like veterans that maybe didn't deserve it, but at least like 
it'll look better looking back on it. Right. You know, it like looks good. Be like, okay, like four time all star, um, oh, you know who, like J- like Jalen Brown, rather than like one time all star, like Jeff T. Like they'd rather have that. They'd rather have a guy that's a multi time all star than a guy that makes like one kind of fluky all star game. Um, so forwards. Forwards might be interesting for second team. Um yes. my forwards, I think we're gonna have different we definitely have different ones for second team. My forwards were Evan Mobley and Giannis. Uh so all the way down to second team. Okay, I had uh, I, I I picked three forwards. I guess you can put Jaron Jackson as a center. I so I uh, my front court was Evan Mobley, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Draymond Green. Um, yeah. for my second. I, 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 wide Rob, yeah, I guess because typically they do go center, center forward in defensive teams. But I had Rob as my second team center. Yeah, I went I went the Homer route and put Rob as my first team. Yeah, center. I think it's just tough making like the Celtics were the best defensive team. Um, Rob's obviously missed some time. Uh, I, th- I think it's, uh, I don't know. It was tough. Like I really want to put him first team, but I feel like that would be homerism. I, f- I feel like a lot, like I'm not only trying to predict what I think should be it, but also like what I think the votes will actually come down to. And I think there's a really good chance Rob does make, um, the second team. I think it'd be very hard for him to get the votes over Gobert. Um, yeah. And I, and I, but, I, agree, I agree with you completely. And I just, I went sort of chalky with the guards and then went, uh with my own personal like opinion with the the big men because the yeah. as we've seen all season the big the big men have led the led the charge with all defensive team and defensive player of the year voting and it, as it's been for the last since Gary Payton won defensive player of the year i mean i have like one like one of my forwards on the first team is bam and i mean like he he plays power forward and center like so uh yeah, I mean they're really they're pretty liberal with the positions, so, so I guess it really didn't matter. Like I probably would have considered Rob if I wanted to fit a narrative to put him at forward over Bam. Yeah. Um, but um, just my argument for Rob, he's second in blocks, third in block percentage, fourth in defensive win shares, fourth in defensive box plus minus, mm-hmm. and he's on the number one uh, defense in the NBA. Um, really good resume, probably a resume that you stack up against any player and say that this guy could be your defensive player of the year or this guy could be all of its first team member. Yeah. Um, I just, I just try not to be too homerish. I know like I I'm sure he's deserving, but I try not to be too homerish with my picks. Um, Evan Mobley. I think it's interesting. We both had Evan Mobley, like mm-hmm. obviously his, uh, his, what he's done this year has deserved it, but it's kind of crazy putting a rookie on this team, especially a rookie big man like this, like a guy that's a power forward center kind of player. Yeah. Um, usually it takes longer for these guys to like physically develop, but um, the Cle- Cleveland Cavaliers definitely deserve to at least have one member on the team. They're fifth in uh, team defense. Certainly, uh, he was ninth in block percentage, eighth in defensive win shares. Um, as is a guy pretty versatile as a big man, he can switch on to much smaller players. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can play. He can play the five. Um, he's mostly played the four this year, but he's been very versatile, very long. He can affect shots. He's a pretty good rebounder. He really can, he can do it all. And he's a guy that I'm sure is going to make a ton of these teams as he continues to. Uh, get older and I yeah I, I agree completely and I think that was one of the the one of the main issues when Cleveland drafted him was the fact that he was undersized and he uh didn't have like he hadn't grown into that body yet the an NBA body but it it has turned out that he has used that quote-unquote disadvantage into being one of the most versatile bigs in the game he's looking like he could be the next bam out of bio like the similar sort of uh, similar sort of build, not a, not the same jump shot 
and things like that. Not the same uh, maneuverability with the basketball, but um, another guy who has uh, an awesome switchability, versatility on the defensive end, um, and well deserving of a second team second team spot. Yeah. And he's one too, where like you said, with like the center position, like if he, I think Cleveland did a good job putting him in the power forward position. I think you see a lot of times like guys like DeAndre Ayton, guys that are playing like the true big man position. It takes them a couple of years so they really start to burst out. It really takes them a while till their body can finally catch up with them. Absolutely. I think with all these guys aren't gonna be fully. You see very few. I mean, maybe Dwight Howard as a rookie, like very few centers are like. Yeah, few, very, but very few like true centers. I mean, have, yeah, yeah, have like that big man body like that uh, coming in. Yeah. Um, and then lastly was Giannis. I mean, Giannis easily you could put him as a first team. I think there's a lot of debate with some of the forwards here. Um, their team defense wasn't very good, though. I think that's part of it. I think Giannis at times, maybe, like I said, they were coasting, I think, a little bit. He was still second in defensive box plus minus. So he, he was obviously made a huge impact for his team when he was on the court as opposed to being um, off. They were significantly better defensively. A lot of that had to do with they were really bad without him on the court because they really lacked a center for most of this year. Brooke Lopez. Um, Serge, Serge Ibaka, they didn't acquire till late. So they really were without a true center for most of this year. Mm-hmm. really makes a big difference. Um, tenth in defensive win shares, eighth in defensive rebounding percentage, and eleventh in block percentage. So very well-rounded guy. I mean, I don't have to talk enough. Like, clearly Giannis is one of the best defenders in the NBA. Yeah. But I could I could see the case easily for him being first team. He was one of the tough ones with a couple of guys that I had. Yeah, I I had him I had him at first team, and it's also my vendetta against Rudy Gobert. Um, is the reason why I have a Jaron Jackson in place of Giannis and Giannis on the first team. I just think, although I'm not a huge Giannis fan, I think that like you said, he's an absolute force on the court. The opposing offenses switch the game plan so much to just try to, to combat the fact that Giannis is playing defense on them. I mean, we've seen it all week. Uh, he shut down Embiid. He shut down Kevin Durant this week or last week maybe. Um, and those, those two guys, I mean, Embiid's going to be a perennial MVP candidate. Kevin Durant's won MVPs before. He's won scoring titles. He's won uh, finals MVPs. Like, he's – he goes toe to toe with the best players in the league, and a lot. And as of recently, he's came out on top. So that's the reason why he's in my uh, top. And I also think that um, Jaron Jackson deserves a look at second team. Uh, Jaron Jackson is a guy I've been a huge fan of from day one. Uh, very happy to see that Memphis has turned turned their turned their team around, uh, especially without Jaw for the last uh, for the last little bit of time. Uh, it, I think they're just they're deserving of some accolades, and I think the NBA is going to award uh, Memphis with that. And Jaron Jackson too. Who's a deserving defender? I mean, yeah, I mean, I have him on my first team. He's he's on my first team. I have Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, I didn't have Draymond just because of lack of games. Honestly, that was the one that I didn't have that you had. I just yeah. played like forty something. He played like forty two games. I was like, I just can't really put him on there. He only played half the season, but Jaron Jackson. Uh, they had a top five team defense. I believe that what I said. If Cleveland was fifth, I believe they're fourth. Okay. I, I the, the the reason I have Draymond on there is just because for the first half of the season he was leading leading in the uh, like sports books odds to win defensive player of the yeah, year. Yeah. I think I think that that sort of that longevity again my my whole NBA shtick about them being uh, 
just willing to the representation, yeah, yeah, the representation of their of their guys. I mean, Golden State and Draymond have earned the reputation of being a perennial award-winning team, and I mean, he played he played incredible defense. He played Defensive Player of the Year defense for the first half of the season. I I know he missed. I I think he'd be creeping up on fifty plus at the end of the season. I don't know. I think he was at forty two when I checked today. Because I checked. Really? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I left him off just because, like, I get I get it. When he was on the court, he was easily. I think he was he was the defensive player of the year. I think when he was on the court, I think he was yeah. easily first team all defense. It just he only played half the season, so it was really tough for me to like put him in over some of these guys that played. So I think I, I'm basically made the cutoff. Like I think the rest of these guys, especially the big men, played like at least like 55, 60 games. Um, so that's like 20 more, 15, 20 more games than what Draymond played. But mm-hmm. um, no, Jaron Jackson Jr. They, had, they I believe they had a fourth, had the fourth best defense. He was sixth in defensive win shares. Um, I think he was second in block percentage. Um, ranked very highly among bigs in steal percentage. League leader in blocks per game. Um, was pretty versatile. He's a guy that can play the four, can play the five. Um, and a huge part of Memphis's success this year. And then I had I had Bam. Who did you, you had Bam first team as well? Yes, I did. Yeah, Bam. I mean, I think Bam was another. I think if he was able to stay healthy, he still got quite a bit of games in. But I think he was the favorite for a while once Draymond got injured. Yeah, uh, after Draymond, and then Giannis sort of took over. I was I was reading a whole bunch of like the the line changes on from like Caesar's Sportbook. Uh, like the Vegas lines coming out of who is going to win defensive player. And I think around like the January, February uh, time was when Draymond sort of came out, uh, Draymond sat out and then uh, Bam started becoming the, the betting favorite and Giannis took over. It was Bam and Giannis at that point. Um, Giannis is, yeah, the team defense are just looking like there's deep boys are usually like a top three defensive team. So no. And then, and your, your, your logic is sound. It's just like, I, I watching the betting lines. I mean, like, yeah. Again, to to my to my logic, the NBA is going to go with guys that are perennial, and Giannis is that to yeah. a T. Yeah, so. I see that. I saw Jaron Jackson deserved a little shine, which you obviously thought too. Absolutely, like, yeah. Um, Bam, I think he was fourth in defensive win shares. They had the maybe. I don't know where Memphis was because I had their top five defense, but I've said Cleveland was five, and I said that. And now it's saying that Miami is four. So maybe they're three, or maybe they're six. I don't know. Maybe I misread that. Um, they have the fourth best team defense. He's a very versatile defender. He's a guy that um, can be used, like we see Robert Williams being used, kind of off ball and used as a rim protector. But we also see him being used, uh, matching up directly with guys like Giannis yeah. and uh, Embiid are the two guys that he's really known to to really stop, to be the, the best stoppers you have for them, mm-hmm. um, which I think is very elite skill. There's very few guys that can really slow down Embiid the way that, 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 uh, Bam does, so I think that's that's why he's deserving. And then I had Rudy Gobert. Their their team defense isn't very good either, but just his on off numbers are like crazy for how much better they are with him on the court than when they're off the court. He's also an incredible defensive rebounder, which does does impact defense. Um, being able to take away those second chance uh, points. Um, yeah, I mean he's still able. He's always up going to be up there in blocks. I believe he, I think he's like third in block blocks per game. He's, he's putting up numbers. He's still, like we said, I mean, he's not putting up the team, isn't the elite defense they usually are, but he's still playing um, very, very high-level defense. I think Rudy Gobert is a limp dick French bastard. Can't stand yeah. 
I really, I really hate, I really don't like him. I really wish he would uh, just go away. I, yeah, I think I've been, that, I've, been, I've been using limp dick pretty often these days, and Rudy Gobert fits that to a T. Yeah, I think he's going to be one where I think they're going to be looking to trade him because I, I think it's clearly not working out. You can't, you can't put all that money in a guy that really can be played off the court when you have guys like Terrence Mann, where he had like thirty eight last year on him. Like, yeah, you can't, you can't be able to. Rob, they obviously we do similar things with Rob. The Bucks do similar things with Giannis, like trying to put them on the worst guy. Mm-hmm. But like Rob's at least able to like defend on the perimeter better than Gobert can. Like Gobert just gets he just can't really isn't really effective on the perimeter. And teams get swallowed up. Like obviously he does make a huge difference because of his rebounding, and a lot of bad teams can't take advantage of that. They don't have the players, they don't have the personnel to be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, but when 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 teams have the personnel. They expose him. Yeah, we see year in year out they, they get exposed in the playoffs. So, yes. but it, it stinks because he always is ha, puts up these numbers and the team. He always he always he still is a good defender. Like I hate it, but it's still it's hard to hard to argue against. And I I I think Utah is going to be very quickly down the drain. I think Donovan Mitchell is going to be out too. I think. Uh, I think Gobert gets traded. I think Donovan Mitchell gets traded, um, which, which is just sad for their fan base. But I mean, like, it's what they it's expect. Not bad for Utah. I, yeah, I can't feel bad. I mean, Utah isn't full. Utah is full of bunch of Mormon non-drinkers and just weirdos. So oh. I don't. I don't give a shit about Utah, um, but. I do care about Donovan Mitchell potentially coming to the Celtics. Um, yeah, that may be. That may be. Yeah, we'll table that. We'll see. We'll see where we see in the offseason what moves need to be made. But yeah. Um, and lastly, lastly, we have our guards. So I'm guessing we, we have the same two guards because they haven't been mentioned. I think we both kind of cheated a little bit, but I've seen him mentioned as a guard for all defensive teams where I've looked at other places. Yeah. And that guy's uh, Mikel Bridges. Absolutely. We and, have I mean, Bridges, and obviously we both have Marcus Smart first team because he's. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go go out on a limb. I guess we won't. I mean, we'll try to spoil it, but I think we both probably are thinking Marcus Smart's the defense player of the year, so we have him first team. Absolutely. Um, just the case from Mikael Bridges. Um, the only he would be first team if he was considered forward. I would probably bump Jaron Jackson Jr. down to second team or Rudy Gobert down to second team. Um, number two defense. They uh, he's seventh in defensive win shares. First, if you consider him a guard, he'd be actually ahead of Marcus Smart in defensive win shares. If he was considered a guard, I still consider him a wing. Um, he's still second if you consider him a, uh, a wing, only behind Jason Tatum, who is really far up there in win shares and got really in there. The, the win shares numbers that I was looking at today was absolutely crazy to see Jason Tatum ahead of all of these yeah. perennial all defensive first team players. That's that's where the eye test does come in. Like these are the only guys who are really watching super consistently, and we can tell like Tatum's a really great defender, but he's not as good as Marcus Smart and Robert Williams. He does no. not affect the game as much. So like that's where the eye test does come into play, and that's where it's really tough for these Western Conference guys where we really don't get to see them play very often and these guys that don't play for the Celtics or at least don't play in the Celtics division we really don't get to see them a ton yeah um and number one um the other guard Marcus Smart the case for Marcus Smart he's on the number one defense highly switchable guy a guy that can switch one through five mm-hmm. and we saw him today guarding Kristaps Porzingis in the post and having no problem with it boxing out having no problem with it yeah um, 93rd percentile on steal percentage so one of the top in the league in steal percentage 71st in foul percentage, so he doesn't foul very often for a guard. Uh, 10th in defensive win shares, and he'd be number one amongst guards as long as you don't count Mikel Bridges. But 
my uh, my my favorite tweet of after like post Celtics game is Greeny sending out uh, Marcus Smart guarded X on X amount of possessions and gave up zero points. Marcus yeah. Smart guarded this guy on X amount of possessions and gave up two points. Like, I mean, he's really the he's really the cog that turns the whole thing because like in years past, teams will pick on guys like Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas, yeah, um, Kemba Walker, especially like like they'll, they'll get picked on. Like the point guard usually gets picked on in playoff situations. Yeah, um, you see it with Trey Young, like even those guys get picked on. Obviously, if their offense kind of weigh it, like we saw with Kyrie, not so much with Kemba, it really doesn't matter. But they just don't have a guy to pick on. Like the smallest guy on the court is Marcus at six three. But he's just so he, he's guarding centers. Yeah, like he'll he was like, I mean, you have Christoph Porzingis like can't back him down. Like he's just that strong that he can take on guys that are a foot taller than him and outweigh him by fifty pounds. So I just that's what really separates him. That's what makes him such an important player to this team and such an important defensive player. And I do think the narrative is fitting him very well. I think teams, I think the voter fatigue, I think Gobert right now is. Number one, I think a lot of people would have considered number one most years, but I think there's a lot of voter fatigue because I think he'd be one of like only two players ever to win it four times, or maybe he'd be the only one to win it four times. And I don't think they want to put him in that elite category, especially like we were saying when he gets picked on the playoffs. Like another none of these other guys get picked on like that. These no, guys, dude, he's a fucking bitch. He's a loser. Um, so that really takes him out of it. And then you also have like the number one defense going for Marcus Smart, which is typically what they look like. I th- um, last year we saw Gobert winning again. I think it was in the last like four years. It had been Gobert three times and Giannis once. I think all three times there, uh, those teams were in the top three in defensive rating. Yeah. But typically it goes to a guy on the very best like defensive team. Um, I think Rob going out really helps Smart. I think they would have taken votes away for each other, even though Rob's only really missing like eight or so games, not even eight games. Yeah, about seven games in the se- season. Yeah. Like I think it's helping Smart's case because Smart's going to have those, as long as he plays pretty much every game from here on out, he's going to have those games racked up. He's going to continue to improve those win shares. Celtics are still going to play well defensively. And I just think that that helps his case. And I think it's going to hurt Rob's just because he's not going to be there. I think people are going to forget about him a little bit. But I think most of the votes will lean towards Smart. I think Marcus has a really good chance to win uh, D-Point and be the first guard since 1996 to do that. Absolutely. I, I think Rob uh, – no, I'm sorry. Uh, Marcus is the best defensive player in the NBA. I'm glad that the entire world is about to see, about to see it. He's going to get the recognition he deserves. And uh, throughout the playoffs, I think it's going to be a massive – storyline of the fact like it was it was it was a not a big storyline but a big storyline in boston that marcus smart was going to be our point guard like the fact that the, like you said there are no positions you could pick on on this team there is a a group of guys that are so switchable not they're not a not a flaw in their defensive scheme and to tell you the truth, uh, it's it has to. You have to give credit to Ime. I mean, like we we were very very anti Ime for the first two months of the season, and hand up, you know, like uh, hand, we we were wrong. He he turned it around. He galvanized the system. He really had everybody buy in, and I think that is a lot of credit to. Uh, Marcus Martin, Jalen Brown, 
to, to be determined. So they, we end with the Grizzlies. Um, so we play Miami and Milwaukee, who obviously that's that's gonna that's that could determine a lot. Chicago, Chicago and Milwaukee. Chicago and Milwaukee. It was one of those playoff teams. So Chicago, Chicago and Milwaukee. Um, that will determine obviously a lot of playoff seedings. Um, playoff teams that's something play for. Chicago wants to try and improve. I think their situation as best they can. Yeah. I think obviously Milwaukee is going to want to. Maybe they'll take it easy. I don't know. They might be trying to play for matchup at this point, so we'll have to wait and see. I think Memphis, either way, I think we might rest a bunch of guys depending on where we're at on Sunday. I think Memphis for sure will because they've already been locked into the two seed. There's no way anyone's going to catch them. There's no way they're going to catch Phoenix. Yeah. So they're pretty much just chilling. So I think that'll be one at least free win. And then we'll have to wait and see. We're going to be locked into uh, one of those top four seeds, I'm sure, but it's going to – it's crazy that that there's so much that could be up in the air. We could be a one seed. We could be a four seed sitting here next week. Yeah, with three games left. Like, yeah, it's crazy. There's there's just a very competitive uh, race in the top of the East, and that's that's good to see. And it's good to see the Celtics in there. Absolutely, especially from where we started this year. But okay, well, um, I don't think we have anything else. Just, uh, I mean, outside of basketball, Patriots uh, traded a third round pick for Devontae Parker. Yeah, um, saw that. That's good. He's he was good at football last time I watched him. Yeah, always been pretty good at football. Uh, just played in Miami. Um, hopefully he last year he finished with I believe the my my if my numbers are correct is like forty plus catches for five hundred and fifty yards and four touchdowns. Um, if he gets in the in the target of 60, 70, 80 catches this season, he could be a thousand yard receiver eight plus touchdowns uh, just depends on uh, max development. Um, <clears throat> the other, the implementation of Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Kendrick Bourne. I mean, I've, I've been very high on Kendrick Bourne. Uh, he was as of like week 15 last year, he was wide receiver 21 in fantasy sport in fantasy. I know I've got, I've got sort of the fantasy angle with the, with the writing gig. And so like as as a receiver, Kendrick Bourne was the best Patriots guy. Um, but Jacoby Myers saw I think 130 targets last season. That number is probably going to go down with Devontae Parker in 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 tow behind him. But Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, and uh, Jacoby Myers could all be in line for 100 targets. Um, I was reading a piece today. Uh, it was it the the wide receiver core for the Patriots is not like your normal uh your normal show stopping receiving group. Not really good names outside of Parker, honestly. No, but they but they have guys that do a lot of different things. Um Jacoby's great over the middle. Um so is Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne is great in space. If you get him the ball, he can do a lot with it. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, another uh, a guy that can that that can really turn on the Jets, get downfield, and Devontae Parker is the guy that we hoped Nikhil Harry would be, a uh, bigger body, a contested ball, uh, a contested uh, reception guy. I was there was a stat. Uh, Devontae Parker led the league last year in uh, contested catches, in which uh, you the there were it was like something with uh less than one yard of separation 
he had like a, a 60 plus percent catch rate uh, on a on on passes with less than one yard of separation, which is huge, uh, especially with a young quarterback, especially in the system where uh, the Patriots throw the ball over the middle a lot, uh, don't take deep shots all the time. But this this opens up the offense to a degree. It'll be interesting. Have you heard anything about the the offensive coordinator for the Patriots? I don't think that uh, the position's been named yet. I have no idea. Yeah, no, I do not. I'm not turn, tuned into football season. Usually I start tuning in around the draft, and then I'll start, which is coming in a couple weeks. Usually I'm just, like, completely ignorant to football until then. And then I, like, start to, like, look at the free agents and stuff. But yeah. <laughs> um, then other than that, Red Sox will be started by the time we talk next week, and Sea Dogs will be getting going, too. I'm going to go down to their opening night on Friday, so that should be fun. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and you, you've got a birthday coming up too. What is it? The 22nd? 26. The 26th. What day of the week is that? I think it's not Tuesday this year, which is long. Oh, that stinks. I know. It's not Tuesday though. Yeah, no, I think it was on a Saturday during the middle of the pandemic. So that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my yeah, completely wasted it. Just like wasted a perfect day. Oh, your 21st must have been on. No, right. my, my 22nd was my 22nd was on a Friday in the middle of like uh three and a half feet of snow i was living at rick's house and i had no power snowed in i ate my my birthday meal was a uh a slice of pizza from circle k sounds delicious yeah okay well i will see you next week pal and we'll have the eastern conference will be all wrapped up at that point absolutely we'll have a jam-packed weekend next week okay peace see you buddy